Hi, everybody. It's Jay Keith. The brand new episode of Go Fact Yourself is coming right up. But first, we wanted to share some exciting news. We're coming to Chicago on August 9th and 10th at Sleeping Village. You can go to gofactorpod.com for schedule and tickets. I can tell you already, though, the doors open at 8, the show's at 9, and we're going to have some very special guests. We'd love to see you there. So please come check us out. You can go to gofactorpod.com for tickets. Thanks, and enjoy this week's show. annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? (laughs) Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself! Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Oh, thank you, everybody. What a lovely crowd. Thank you, Helen. Hello, Helen. How do you do? I'm having a bit of an issue. Oh, no. Do we need to stop the show? It's not that dramatic, I hope. What's Um, going on? I think I have... Not to gross people out, but I think I might have some earwax buildup. Oh. Because I'm hearing something like knocking around in there. Do you, I, have you guys had this? I've had an earwax buildup, but it doesn't sound like something knocking around. It might be more than wax. What does it sound like? Uh, it sounds just like life, but quieter. Oh. What, you, what, you're, you're hearing a knocking sound? I'm hearing a knocking sound in one ear. Like if I, if I like rub my temple, I can yeah. hear something like clicking in there. Like something fell loose, felt loose. Like, yeah, like some, exactly, yes. like something fell loose, and I'm hoping it's not like a bit of brain. Yeah. And that would be something. quite a journey for the brain to actually get into the ear canal. That would be something. And I know I probably do have a lot of wax buildup because, you know, they say that um, you should never use Q-tips. Right. And using Q-tips is literally my only hobby. <laughs> Since you've quit drinking, that's what's left? Like, if I had a choice, like, if you said you have to pick... Mm-hmm ever having any kind of sexual experience again or using Q-tips, I'd be like, oh. Now, I actually have a little experience with this. I went to uh, the doctor and I said, yeah, it's weird, but I feel like my hearing is getting uh, getting worse. I'm not sure what's going on. And he looked and I remember he said, he said, oh, well, your ear is occluded with wax. Occluded? Occluded. And I used a context occlude to figure out that that meant there was a huge buildup. So he brought in in a nurse to do it, and she put in some sort of, it was some sort of a device that had, like, she pushed a button and a claw uh, (gasps) came out of the end. You mean like one of those toy, like mechanical toy claws that, like, picks up a toy and then you try to drag it into the bucket? Yeah, she brought out some some earwax and and a Power Ranger. It was was great. That sounds Uh, amazing. No, I, I can't do that. And the, then did your he- hearing immediately improve? No, it made no difference. What? I couldn't, I was like, well, I might as well just put it back there. I mean, the, the advantage was I lost a little weight. <laughs> like, that you was lost, takeaway. You lost three quarters of a pound, but your hearing is still my crap. My hearing is still terrible. It wow. has nothing to do with the wax. I just can't believe that they would sell Q-tip. Like, Q-tips are, it's, when you jam it in your ear, it is yeah. the most satisfying feeling. And right. I just can't imagine that something that that feels that good is that bad for you. If Q-tipping is wrong, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. <laughs> Helen, let's do this now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Or we can talk more about our bodily secretion. Anyway, if anyone no? knows what this knocking sound yeah. is in my ear is, please yeah. contact me. I think you need to use higher octane. That reduces knocking and pinging, I've heard. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who was up first. She is a comedian and writer who plays stand-up clubs all over the country. It's Melissa McQueen. Melissa McQueen. Hi, Melissa. Melissa wearing a very sparkly sequin Hi, Melissa. Jacket. Be here. Oh, we're excited Thank to you. have you. Now, Melissa, I understood that you took the note that we give to all our guests and you brought a tote bag. Oh, I did. I, I, don't, I don't know why I brought this. If anyone stole it, it'd be out like four bucks. But. <laughs> <laughs> you, you look great. Now, you, know, you, you wear a lot of uh, sparkly sequined outfits when you perform. Yeah, I really love the sequins. Um, is that your brand? It kind of is. But it's, it's, and has anyone told you like, oh, it's too much? Oh, yeah, all the time. That's why I keep doing it. That's why I keep doing it. It's actually cheaper to find, like, used sequins than to buy, like, something at, like, a store. At the the new sequin store. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't worry about, like, other people's sequin germs or what those sequins are No, people give me... I I have, like, 30 jackets. (gasps) 
I probably have like 30 gowns. What? I probably have like 40 shirts. It's a real problem. I want to see where this list is going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, so people just know that sequins is your thing. Yeah. So you, people bring you sequins. I get a lot of stuff when people's grandparent, grandmas die. That, oh, I made it dark. Okay. Yeah. Now it got yeah. weird. Now it got weird. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people's grandmas will die and they'll be like, oh, my grandma had this gown. And I'm like, I will take that gown. <laughs> But I love yeah. that they think of you. Like yeah. they see, they go to Nana's house and yeah. they're like cleaning it out, and they go, "Oh, Nana, mm-hmm. you know what? Melissa would love this." Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. That's lovely, Melissa. It says here in my notes that you and I are coworkers, and I see you every workday. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> Tell us about yes. that. I work. I'm a writer at Funny You Should Ask with Jay Keith, and I like it. What yeah, else? I like it all. I like yeah, it as it's well. Fun. That's it's right. Fun. But you recently, uh, I don't know if it was had to do with your getting that job, but you retired from another uh, weekly job that you had. Yes, I used to host karaoke at Barney's Beanery. Stop it. Yes. How long did you do that? I see some faces. 16 and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Stop it. What yeah. do you learn about people from hosting karaoke for 16 and a half years? That alcohol makes gives you like more confidence. Uh-huh. If you sing Baby Got Back, you think you are like, you know rap music. Mm. I once made the horrible karaoke mistake of choosing the song American Pie. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh. Oh, that's the worst. Which I didn't know was a a nine-minute song. I didn't know it was 22 minutes long. Yes. Isn't that good for a host, though? You get to pee, smoke a cigarette. It's the worst. Because you have to say that the whole time. Yeah. Literally by the 19th time that you're like, bye, bye. Like, it's, like, people are leaving. Yes. Like, I literally walked the karaoke bar. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what is really sad is I no longer like Queen because people butcher it. I don't like Journey anymore. No. I know, because of karaoke. Did you stop believing? I did stop believing. I did. That was good. That was good. Thank you. Uh, You have another project that you were working on with your husband that is very interesting and probably would appeal to our listeners. Yes. My husband and I are making a documentary about the history of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. <laughs> Literally, like, there's Max Funsters in here, like, oh! <laughs> yeah, you could look it up on Kickstarter. It's called The Dreams in Gary's Basement. My husband is a huge D&D nerd, and I'm an executive producer on it. I was not allowed to play it growing up because my parents said it was a tool of the devil. And I purposely have not played. So during the interviews with people, I can be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you explain that? Because you're like doing math and talking mm-hmm. about spells. And I have like, what's a hit point? Like, I don't know. I see. Very good. And so, uh, where, where is the film in the process now? Uh, we're already three years in. Oh. Was, is, was your hun- husband as a kid like one of those little boys in Stranger Things? Yes. Like just hold up in the basement he's, for days? He's been in the same D&D group for, I think, 36 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hardcore. But you love him. I love. I think it's. I think it's actually amazing. I think a lot of intelligent, smart people play D and D. It's creative people. So I'm really fascinated by it. Awesome. All right. Yeah. One last thing I want to ask you about uh, you and your husband is that uh, you told me once that you will not let your husband see you do stand up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! My parents have never seen me. Oh, I I can't. Wait. How long did you guys date before he even knew you were a stand up? Uh, no, he knew right off the bat. He, he did. Yeah. And he oh didn't no, I lied. Any curiosity and yeah, see no, you perform? No, he actually no, he actually did come see me perform once, and I bombed, and that's why I was like, never again, oh, <laughs> girl, never again, because I was more concerned about him, and it was yeah. like sold out the improv, and I was just like looking, watching his face, and I was like, oh god, I, I, yeah, you can't, you're not allowed, yeah. girl. When I go on a Tinder date, I don't tell them. Yeah. What do you say? I say I'm either an actress, mm-hmm. <laughs> which they love, yeah, or a writer, which you know. Yeah. You don't, you don't mention the podcast host? No. Oh. <laughs> Melissa McQueen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Helen, podcast host, actress, writer, comedian. Who will Melissa be playing against? He is an actor, comedian, and producer who starred in the Scream movie franchise, can be seen in the upcoming film Ad Astra, and plays stand-up clubs all over the country. It's Jamie Kennedy! Jamie Kennedy! Oh. Jamie Kennedy. Jamie, greet. Oh, high five to the host. A Jamie Kennedy is Helen. not wearing a sparkly sequin top. I'm so excited to, uh, on the first sunny day of L.A., to be in the back of a brewery. <laughs> it's been overcast for three weeks. This is so... <laughs> We're happy to have you, Jamie. These are jokes. I'm kidding. I understand. You're, you're our own ray of sunshine. By the way, can I just tell you, uh, so I have this movie coming out. I have a part in a 
Brad Pitt movie. I was on an NBC show about doctors. I did another Amazon pilot, multi-million dollar projects, and uh, I've had more coordinating on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, did you get your facts? Just getting checked your facts. I got a lot of calls. <laughs> a lot of, we better learn some stuff today. Uh, Jamie, I understand you and Melissa know each other. I love Melissa. Melissa is wrote a thing for me for the MLB where I was doing a yep. roast three years ago, and the yep. roast jokes were so good that the MLB said, we can't air this. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wait, but you were roasting a baseball player? We were roasting legends, Steve Garvey, oh. Dave Winfield, oh. the league, drugs. And MLB was like, this is a great idea. And then they saw it. They're like, we can't air it. <laughs> it, was, it was for Steve Garvey. And I really like him. And I thought it was a roast show. And I was like, hey, Steve Garvey, in 1968, when they said you were going to be a Dodger, they weren't talking about your child support payments. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Oh. <laughs> right. I got in trouble. I got in trouble. Right. She murdered it. So I met her through that. And then she... I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but then she was like, you know, you really got to do more stand-up in town. And this was like 2016, and I was like, you know, I've always doing stuff like I know Helen, and we would do it, but I was always on the road. And I think around 2015, the town completely changed and where you just don't do stand-up on the road anymore. You have to be in the clubs, and you have to do a po- If you do a podcast at 2 o'clock, you do a guest spot at 3 o'clock. If you don't do something by 4 o'clock, you're out of the business. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so I was like, what? so she's like, you got to get out there. And then so she started telling people, and then I see my other opener was um, taking money from my gigs, which I didn't know, so I <gasps> had to fire him. It's very normal. But <laughs> so then I hired her, and she works with me a lot, a lot. But now she's too busy. Writing. No. <laughs> no, you guys yeah, still go out and play together. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Terrific. So I love her. Uh, tell us more about this uh, movie that you're doing with Brad Pitt. That's so exciting. It's well, also got, I should say, not just Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, a really wonderful cast. Yeah, I mean, like, it's Brad Pitt in outer space, mm-hmm. which is, I think. I already like, love it. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to send, like, a representation of human beings of the solar system. <laughs> yeah. Boy, are they going to be disappointed when yeah. they get here. <laughs> right? So it's BP. I call him BP. And uh, <laughs> he goes to different places. I'm at one of the places. I have a nice little part. Hopefully, you know, it'll stay in there, mm-hmm. you know. But it was, uh, it was a wonderful experience. And it was like in the 90s, you would meet great directors like Baz Luhrmann, Frank Oz, Tony Scott, David O. Russell. And you know how I get my job, guys? I would audition. And then they would say try it like this. And I go, and they go, try it like that. You know what I mean? And it's like usually the guys that are doing, an, you know, the 10th season of Moesha, you know, a guest <laughs> off, like, say it like this. <laughs> no disrespect to Moesha. I was the first thing that came to my head. It could have been. Uh, is it true that your first gig was working as an extra? Yes. I wanted to be an actor when I was 15. I didn't have any experience. I didn't know anything. And I took a small acting class in Philadelphia. And the teacher said, you can be an extra. I'm going to have one line in a movie. And I said, what's that? And she's like, we're background artists. And I'm like, what's that? She's like, those are people that you know, fill in the atmosphere. They really make the scene pop. I went down and met. I didn't know what the project was. And I was like, this is like, what is this? And they said, will you cut your hair? Yeah, will you do this? Yeah, do you have a vest from the 50s? Yeah. And I said, yeah. And that movie was Dead Poet Society. What? Yeah. And I got it when I was young, in high school. And it wasn't, it was extra. I was like, that was like literally like a kiss in. And then once I was on the set, I was like, I get goosebumps to this day. I was on the set. I saw Josh Charles. And Josh Charles was like, what's up, dude? Hey, you background? Good to see you. And then, <laughs> and then I saw uh, Robert Neil Leonard. And he was like, what's up, man? And I didn't know anybody. And I looked to the left. And Robin Williams was eating a carrot. Oh, my God. And I was in 10th grade, and he's eating a carrot. And I was weirdest (laughs) thing. And then I was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. It was just divine intervention. Hopefully you'll feel that way about this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful to have you, Jamie Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Jamie and Melissa, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel some expertise. Melissa, you said you know a lot about lyrics from the Hall & Oates album, Rockin' Soul Part 1. The movie (laughs) The Royal Tenenbaums and the Pizzagate Conspiracy. (laughs) Okay. That took a, a, well, I should say a right turn, a hard right turn. Um, 
Please don't. Care. I kind of cheated. Because I was like, there is no, I don't know anything about that conspiracy, but I was like, there's no way they're going to ask me about that, just to eliminate one thing. Well, we'll see what happens. Oh, my uh, God. Because meantime, Jamie, you said you know a lot about, and I think this will show why you're friends, the MK Ultra conspiracy. <laughs> I picked it for uh, <laughs> Pacemakers. Yes. And the lyrics to Chantilly Lace. Yes. <laughs> I picked his. <laughs> you did, I did, you, I did. You did pick Those his Those aren't weird topics. He did consent to them. All right, well, later on, we're going to ask you each some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It is time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Melissa is already a nervous I just, wreck. I'm, yes. Okay. I'm so bad at etymology and, like, what words are. I just describe stuff like, you know, you know the thing, the thing. Okay. All right, well, we'll see if that, that works. Okay. All right, here we go. Your subject today, imposters. First up, an imposter. Melissa. Melissa, your question comes from a listener, Scott Langtow of Alhambra, California, okay. who not only is a previous advertiser with us for his oh. book Bullied, but is also a previous supplier of a What's the Difference topic. Ooh. So the rest oh. of you, step it up. Uh, okay. All right, Melissa, here we go. <laughs> okay. Melissa, they both pretend to give you more of the same thing, but what is the difference between duplicate and replicate? Duplicate and replicate. Okay, duplicate is when you make more than one of the original and replicate is like when you uh, make a copy of the original thing you're replicating. Does that make sense? So when you replicate, you're replicating. Okay, so like duplicate is like if you were to like make copies of it, like at okay. a copy machine, and uh -huh. replicate is if you were to make a copy like by hand of the original document. Of the original. All right, very good. We have Melissa's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Jamie, uh, if you don't think she got it right, you can steal. What do you think? I auditioned for a movie called Replicate, early 2000s. Anyone see it? Okay, I went straight to DVD. <laughs> because it didn't have Jamie Kennedy yeah, in it, but, obviously. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, yo, I want you to replicate my bedroom to look like this set. Mm. And a duplicate would be like, hey, I have a copy of the questions for this show. Uh-oh. And I need you to make a duplicate copy. So one is a copy, mm -hmm. a direct copy that's a duplicate. Right. And a replicate would be an inspired by the original. Wait, isn't that what I just said? Kind of, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's either a duplicate or a replicate of what you just but said. I, all right, so what... Okay, okay. Yeah. But I like your... I, <laughs> but I like I, what yeah. you were saying. Do, do you actually have a room done as a replica of a, of a film set? Uh, no, but I definitely have taken... I've shot stuff in my house, and the rooms <laughs> have been way better than my house, so I just left it. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, yeah. this segment is getting repetitive. This segment is getting repetitive. This segment is getting repetitive. Okay. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. When you duplicate, you make exact copies of an item using the same process, usually at the same time. Things like buttons or candies or even automobiles are duplicated in factories. When you replicate, you are recreating something as exactly as possible, not necessarily using the same process process. So if you're painting a copy of the Mona Lisa, you are replicating it. Scientists also try to replicate the results of an experiment, or you might try to replicate the fun you had last summer by going back to the lake and murdering some campers. Oh, yeah. I'm learning so much about you, Helen Hahn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, of course, right. Now, replicating has more to do with making the end product look like the original, not necessarily being the same as the original. So if you think of an old-timey baseball uniform, there were originally many duplicates of the uniform because the whole team wore them back then, but uh, you could also buy a brand new uniform in the same throwback style, and that would be a replicated uniform or a replica. What does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I'm going to give two points to Melissa. I think so as well. Yeah. Congratulations, Hold Melissa, on, I, two points. Well, I said it first, but then you have I got one. it right, too. You got yeah, it right but first she, too, it was but her question. Yeah. yeah. But you now will have I a chance. I replicated her answer. You did, exactly. You did, you, you did exactly. Yes. Very good. We're, we're accidentally learning. Ooh, that was a, that was a nerdgasm question. <laughs> if that's a begin, beginning. You got one coming up. This you got one coming up where well, you get to go first, uh, Jamie. Let's see, right. if you, let's see how you do. Up next in Imposters is Jamie. Jamie, while they both will eventually destroy us and take over the world, <sighs> what is the difference between a robot and an android? Oh, this is my world. Um, that's a really good question, though. Thank you. The robot is a is something that you program and it acts out. An android is something you could tell to do. Yeah. And it can do it on its own and figure it out. A robot has to be programmed. 
All right. Those certainly are differences that you said there. Uh, we don't know yet if you were correct. Melissa, what do you think? I think that's right. I think a robot can be programmed to do some tasks, but an Android has its own artificial intelligence that it starts to guess. So that's what he's saying. Yeah. All right. So I agree with him. Well, this segment has lost all of its humanity. Let's go to <laughs> Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A robot is any mechanical device designed to perform a repetitive task. They generally are automated or use artificial intelligence. Real-world examples include industrial robots on assembly lines or Roomba vacuum cleaners. Fictional examples would be R2-D2 or the Transformers, which are robots in disguise. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. Nailed that. I feel like you guys should have clapped louder at that. (laughs) I, s- I literally sang in a robot voice for you. <laughs> Helen, what about an android? An android is a type of robot that is specifically designed to look like a human. Oh. In the r- oh. In the real world, you can see them in Disney's Hall of Presidents. In fiction, we see them as Star Trek's Mr. Data or as hosts in Westworld. That's right. Now, there are also cyborgs, which are part flesh and blood human and part robot. Uh, For example, Dick Cheney. Uh, What does that mean as far as our (laughs) points go, Helen? I feel like I'm going to give Jamie one point because you sort of got half of each answer correct. You're Ish. very generous. Oh. Thank you. By the way, I love this oh. stuff. We, we appreciate your enthusiasm. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? After the first round, Melissa McQueen has two points, and Jamie Kennedy has one point. <laughs> That's right. Those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Graham. And we're two house DJs who have been trapped inside our drum machine. We love it here, and we'd love if you stopped by and visited us every week on Stop Stop Podcasting Podcasting Yourself here on MaximumFun.org. We're just a couple of doofuses from Canada. And listen to our show or perish. (laughs) Stop Podcasting Yourself on MaximumFun.org. yourself where our score is Melissa McQueen with two points and Jamie Kennedy with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Jamie Kennedy, my friend, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the MK Ultra conspiracy, pacemakers, and the lyric to Chantilly Lace. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about the MK Ultra conspiracy. Yes, it's a thing that's really popping up right now and out there, and I think it's coming up in the mainstream. And it's can some- you explain it for those who don't know what it is? Uh, MK Ultra is kind of basically a CIA government program. You could look it up. And MK Ultra was a way to make the movie The Manchurian Candidate. Are you guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Would make some something do something to with no consequences, and it doesn't remember. That's what MK Ultra is basically, and it's a CIA program, and it's been documented. Many times. Now, some people will call you a whack job, but it definitely is talked about. And what about it appeals to you? It's, you know, if you look at certain entertainers, there's a super theory that they're programmed and they're just like bots and like people put them out on stage to do this stuff and then bring them back. Like androids? (laughs) (laughs) It's whatever. You ever hear of people having handlers? Sure. So, I don't know. They started with the CIA. It started with the government. It started with soldiers. It started with assassins. It started, and now it's moved into many facets of life. So, you say. think it's still active that the MK... Oh, 100%. So, you All think right. the government... That's my opinion. The government basically came to this point where we have the Kardashians? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you also said you know a lot about pacemakers. Yes. I have a pacemaker in my chest. I've had it since I was uh, nine, ten years old. Uh, I had a basically a uh, congenital heart block, so everybody has a natural pacemaker, and uh, your heart's probably resting at about 70, and when I, I was playing baseball a lot, and I would run the first base, and I would always get out. I felt like I was just taking forever, and I was like so slow, and then we went and got all these tests, and my resting heart rate was about 23. <gasps> 
show. I've had it my whole life. I'm really, I'm doing a share. No, uh, this is great. But, but uh, yeah, and it's, it's so I know a lot about it. Melissa really picked a personal topic. <laughs> Wait, do you? I picked his topics. Do you set off, um, do you set off metal detectors? No, I walk through the airport. I never set anything off. I just made a microwave hot chocolate this morning. Mm. Uh, Perfect for a summer day. Yeah, like. The, nothing really affects it. it. That was like in the 60s, you know. So, no, it's, it's, it's great. And what was weird then is now becoming more normal because people are getting implantables. It's called an implantable. So people are starting to get little devices. There's delivery systems so you don't have a stroke for older people and it's a small. People are doing all. So I, I, I was an early cyborg. Oh, you know? it all comes back. Yeah, great. And then finally, Jamie, you said you know a lot about the lyrics to Chantilly Lace. Yeah, I, this is so, uh, so yeah, I don't know why, but I loved the Big Bopper. That was like the first song when I was like wanted to be an entertainer. My mom was like, "You need to like learn music." So like that was like one of the few albums we had. So I just listened to it over. We had like three things in my house: Chantilly Lace, a book about pacemakers, and the movie, <laughs> and the movie Scarface. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about MK Ultra, but no, yeah. not the other one. That's my upbringing. So All right, terrific. Doing... So to summarize, you said you know a lot about, or Melissa said you know a lot about. <laughs> she M- helped me. She did help. I was in Montana doing. So to show. summarize, you said you know a lot about the MK Ultra conspiracy, pacemakers, and the lyrics of Chantilly Lace. Today we want to quiz you about MK Ultra. No. Oh, God. Are you serious? We are serious. By the way, I'm scared to talk about it, but go ahead. Well, but let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, now, how, how did you first hear about it? That's not something that a lot of people uh, know about. How do I just keep this simple? I have been, like, mostly all around the world. You know, I've been to Africa. I've been to Iceland. I've even been to Cleveland. And, <laughs> but I noticed that we all share, like, these common things. And the Internet, my brother's kind of an Internet nerd, and... I was like, is there, you know, you guys hear about the mass awakening, right? That's like kind of happening. And I think by the internet, you start reading about stuff. And I heard about it and I started reading about it. And then there's more people talking about it and more podcasts talk about it. Then I started reading stuff about it and I started going, all right, so I went a little bit on Reddit, but I mean, come on. <laughs> but but what you do. But there have been mainstream stories about Absolutely. it, and and it's def the Manchurian Candidate was conceived about it. There was multiple things in different you know these these meetings that the governments have. Have you ever heard of called the Bilderberg Group? Have you ever heard of that? Is that like Build a Bear? No. <laughs> no. It's where the big guys and the women get together and they come up. But anyway, right. it makes a lot of sense. Okay. And boy, Melissa's going to get me in I, trouble. Yeah. Wait, I'm fascinated with this <sighs> concept that like you think there's like celebrities that are mind controlled. So have you met people in the business that you're like, oh yeah, you're definitely like some sort of bot? No. He's looking at Melissa, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm not naming names. No, not naming but, names. No. But you have oh, reason to believe. For sure. All right. Well, we're going to stick to the facts that are known about this today. And uh, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in MK Ultra to test your mastery in the subject with an expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love of the topic, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of the five questions. Now, Melissa, do listen closely, because if Jamie answers any incorrectly, you can steal. Melissa, by the way, how much do you know about MK Ultra? Jamie said it once where we were talking. He goes, we kind of like the stuff like WWE, like WWE wrestling, like, oh, what if? And I think the comic mind is like, oh, maybe that could happen. You, the way you think of jokes is the way you could also look at conspiracy. So it's kind of like this porn for our brain. So I don't know enough, but I might know some. All right. Fair enough. We'll see what happens. It's not my, it's not my favorite wrestling move. Okay. <laughs> the MK Ultra. Yeah, that does yeah. sound like a move. All right, Jamie, here's your first question about MK Ultra. I have a feeling you're going to get this. Some scholars believe that the purpose of the MK Ultra experiments was to eventually use mind control techniques to control a person who could be elected president. This, in fact, is the plot of a 1959 novel, a 1962 <laughs> film, and a 2004 <laughs> film, all called what? The Manchurian Candidate. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. One point. One point. Easy peasy. You mind controlled us into asking that question, perhaps. <laughs> All right, question number two. Under the watch of Agent George White, the CIA lured unsuspecting men to a safe house to dose them with LSD with the help of women in what profession? Uh, prostitution. Helen? That is correct. That is yeah. correct. <laughs> Give it up for prostitution. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, appropriately, that operation was called Midnight Climax. Yes. Not making it up. And, and the prostitutes got paid a lot of money. Oh, you got to pay extra for that. 
Yeah. <laughs> Question number three, you're two for two. MKUltra spawned from another secret CIA project named after a vegetable. What was that project oh. called? Oh. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use the hint. Uh, I'd like a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? Like celery and romaine, many people enjoy eating this vegetable's heart. That's easy. Artichoke. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, Jamie Kennedy is three for three. Question number four. Who was the director of the CIA who in 1953 signed MKUltra into existence? Uh, George Bush Sr. Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Another white guy. <laughs> you're only helping Melissa with a great hint like that. Uh, Melissa, your chance to steal. I think that would be J. Edgar Hoover. Helen? Also not correct. No, oh, J. Edgar Hoover was the FBI. His name was Alan Dulles. Oh. Alan yeah, it's a hard Dulles, one. Yeah. director of the CIA back then. All right, that. no point there. Let's see if you can bounce back with question number five. The program famously used LSD in many experiments. What does LSD stand for? Liquid. You do have a second hint available if you'd like to use it. I'm not saying that it doesn't stand for liquid something. I'm but, just saying you have a second hint available. But do I get a hint for each letter or just the whole thing? You're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, I'll take the hint. Helen, how about that second hint? It rhymes with blycergic blasted blyethylamide. <laughs> Helen yeah. Hong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Lysergic. You said blasted? Blasted. What was that last one? <laughs> Blyethylamide. Di I know it's lysergic diethylamide. Uh -huh. The S is what the What could part. possibly rhyme with blasted? <laughs> no, ly lysergic acid diethylamide. Helen, is it that? It is. It is no, it's that. Not. It doesn't make any sense. What's the S? There is no S. It's lysergic. The S is in lysergic. You can't have an L and an S for one I word. I didn't name it, Jamie. All right, I'll take you. But All right, very good, Jamie. You did quite well in that round. But now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Ooh. This question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Jamie, MKUltra was first revealed to the public when a government commission led by a vice president issued a report in 1975, and more is exposed when a committee led by a U.S. senator found more documents to report in 1977. So for up to three points, what was the name of that vice president, what was the name of that senator, and what permanent Senate committee was established as a result of the committee findings? George Herbert was high up. So George Herbert might have been the senator. I'm going to go maybe George Herbert hmm? on that. Okay. What was the, what was the last question? Uh, the last part was what permanent Senate committee was established as a result of the findings? <sighs> that I do not know. I'm going to say, was, is this a dumb answer? Was Spiro Agnew the vice president Audience, in 1975? I know. Possible? I think it's Spiro Agnew, okay. George Herbert Sr., and the you, committee. Do you, mean, do you mean George Herbert Walker Bush, or you yeah, mean George, Herbert? George okay, Herbert Walker clear. Bush? Just to be clear. And just name a, name your favorite Senate committee. <laughs> did, yeah, yeah, committee of 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 of. Oh, the CIA. With the, oh, what's, the one the, what's one of the letters in CIA? Intelligent. Is that going to be your answer? The intelligence. Okay, we'll uh, have Helen take note of those answers. It doesn't make any... Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us the answers for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight via Skype from his home in Bend, Oregon, is a science writer and podcaster who's written about MKUltra in his book and talked about MKUltra on his award-winning Skeptoid podcast. It's Brian Dunning. Brian Dunning, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Brian, are you there? Yes, I am here. Excellent. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Let's, uh, before we get into talking about MKUltra specifically, uh, let's talk about the Skeptoid podcast. You've done over 700 episodes. You get over 100,000 downloads each week. Uh, what kind of things do you cover on there besides conspiracies? So Skeptoid is about uh, subjects in pop culture where a lot of people believe something that's basically not true, but where there's more interesting real science or real history behind it. So we kind of start with debunking something that's popular that a lot of people believe. But then there's real lessons on what we actually know and how we know it. So it's designed to be 
you know, really cool and inherently positive rather than inherently negative, like, like simply debunking would be. That's great. And now uh, you wrote a book, your most recent one is called Conspiracies Declassified, The Skeptoid Guide to the Truth Behind the Theories. Uh, why write yes. about conspiracies? <laughs> Uh, because Simon and Schuster called me and said, "Hey, write about conspiracies." I said, "Okay." <laughs> That's quite a so, muse you have. <laughs> so, so this is conspiracy theories have been become super, super popular the last few years. Uh, it's something that a lot of people think about. It's something where there's a tremendous amount of misinformation that kind of propagates and multiplies over YouTube and the internet in general, and it provides just a lot of fantastic opportunities for. Um, understanding kind of the theory of knowledge, how we know what we know and why we know it. And would you agree that Reddit is the best place to investigate those conspiracy <laughs> theories? <laughs> you know, I'm going to say Reddit is not bad, actually. Oh, really? I, I, All right. Reddit wow. has more good information than bad. Um, and there's there's sudden, certainly you can't say the same about all sources. Uh, uh, YouTube, for example, is probably the easiest place to get misinformation in the world. Now, well, why did you want to devote a chapter to MKUltra and do a special episode about it on your podcast? Yeah, so um, uh, the book, Conspiracies Declassified, is about 50 popular conspiracy theories. And this was in a section in the book called Conspiracy Theories That Were Proven True. What? Because, what? And there's about a half dozen of them that are in that section of the book. This is one that... Um, God, actually, it was about five years ago. I guess I went on Rogan's podcast, and uh, we were talking about it. And um, Jamie is nodding. Um, you, it, you listened to that? You've heard Brian before? Uh, I believe I have, yes. Hi, Brian. You may have. Hello. How you doing, sir? Good. Um, and so one of the things we did was we kind of issued a challenge out to Rogan's listeners. What are your conspiracy theories that you believe were proven true? And I had them email them to me, and this was one of the most popular that I received. Wow. So, So was MKUltra a conspiracy? Well, okay. conspiracy is not really a, it's not the word I would choose. Um, MKUltra was, a, was a, a classified CIA program, um, like any classified CIA program. What they wanted to do was they wanted to learn if it was possible to get people to act in a way that was uh, counter to their desires, basically turn them into robots like we've been talking about, get mm -hmm. them to do things they wouldn't normally do. Oh. Kind of brainwashing was the popular word. And I can understand why they were curious to, to have this happen, but why would they experiment on unsuspecting people? Well, that's... that's and and Americans. I mean, they, 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 I don't know if we covered this exactly, but a lot of the most horrible experiments from this were giving people doses of LSD and other uh, mind-altering uh, substances that really damaged people permanently without their knowledge in the United States. Yeah. Now, this was the 1950s. And in the 1950s, we didn't yet have the ethical standards that we have today. So the majority, the vast majority of what was done in MKUltra was ethical according to the standards of the day, mm. which are outrageously unethical according to our standards today. Pretty much, yeah. So that's why it's really shocking when you hear about what was done. It, and largely it's true when you, you hear about some of these things that were done. Can you name some of the names of the celebrities that are bots? <laughs> Stop, it. Stop it, Helen. I want to know. It's Tom Cruise, isn't it? Oh. I, <laughs> no. I don't want Jamie to come kill me tomorrow. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, well, did anything useful come of it? I mean, even though we, they went through these barbaric methods, did we at least get any good scientific information out of the whole project? Basically, we got one data point, and that's that none of this was able to work. Wow. Um, they weren't able to get anyone to act counter to the way that they would normally act. See, one of the things that prompted the CIA to do this was during World War II, there was one specific case where there was a guy in Hungary. He was a cardinal who was arrested for treason in Hungary, and he made this confession that was televised. And the CIA knew that this guy was innocent, but he's making a confession, and he was acting, his name was Cardinal Yosef Mincenti, and he was acting really weird on the video. It's like he's, they thought that, man, these, they must be controlling his mind. Ah. And then we had the same thing with Korean War pilots, um, uh, American pilots in the Korean War who were shot down, and they made these confessions. Well, but uh, they have uh, Korean mothers, and I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> Korean mothers are more are stronger than LSD. Well, how do we know that it's not happening now? Because they kept it secret for so many years when the experiments were happening. How, how do we know it's not uh, it's not real or not active now? 
I can tell you for a certainty that the CIA has classified programs going on now that we have no idea what they are. As far as MKUltra, I mean, is something like it still going on? Who knows? Um, I kind of doubt it because now the science, we're, we're so far ahead of where we were on mm. the science. You know, we're also not doing classified programs on burning witches or anything like that, things that we know no longer have any validity. So I would doubt very much that, uh, that there is some new iteration of this particular program going but on. But you can't prove a negative, can you, science man? Absolutely not. That's okay. very good. Very hey, good. Um, can you tell me what percentage of X-Files plot points is true? <laughs> <laughs> I've been brainwashed not to divulge that <laughs> No spoilers. Very good. All right, uh, Brian, it's all very interesting. Let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Jamie. First, we wanted to know who was the vice president who was in charge of a commission on the CIA's activities uh, that included MK Ultra. Helen, what did Jamie say? Jamie said Spiro Ag And Brian Dunning? The vice president at the time was Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, It was the Rockefeller Commission. We also would have accepted the United States President's Commission on CIA Activities within the United States, but that was the more formal name, but it was known as the Rockefeller Commission, so no point there. Uh, Next, we wanted to know from Jamie, who was the senator who was in charge of a select committee that also investigated and released information about MKUltra. Helen, what did Jamie say? Jamie said George Herbert Walker Bush. And Brian? Frank Church with the Church Committee. Ah, so... Sorry, no point there, Jamie. And finally, wanted to know what was the permanent Senate committee that was established as a result of the church committee findings. Helen, what did Jamie say? I think Jamie said the intelligence. (laughs) And Brian? I think he got this one exactly right. The the full name is the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Very good, Jamie. One point. Very good. Well done, sir. Uh, Jamie or Melissa, is anything else you'd like to ask of our expert while we have him here? So I just have one side question, just so I'm going to see where your head's at. Is everything on the up and up at CERN? What? What's that? You guys don't know what oh, CERN is? Oh, the CERN. No. CERN. That's a whole, I'll let that's the experts say it. That's yeah. a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's where they keep seeds and No, stuff. that's, where, that's where they launch spaceships. That's where they, where they discovered the, I don't know if they did, a scientist told me, they discovered the God particle. They're the sma- Higgs boson. Yeah, the Higgs this is the, the, lar- the location well, the of the, hard, collider. the, the large hadron collider, mm-hmm. um, which is currently the world's most powerful uh, super collider, where we do these high-energy experiments trying to replicate conditions in the early uh, universe. This sounds like a Tinder date I had once. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of high-pressure colliding, yeah. Uh, Helen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, last thing I have to ask, uh, Brian, before we let you go, why does LSD stand for three words that are L-A-D? <laughs> because it was a government program. Makes perfect sense. Yes. Uh, Brian, it's wonderful to speak with you. If people want to find out more about you or your podcast, where can they go? Come to Skeptoid.com, which is the uh, address of the podcast. And, uh, of course, Conspiracies Declassified is available wherever books are sold. It's wonderful that you joined us. Thanks so much for speaking with us. Brian Dunning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Brian. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that segment. At the end of that round, Jamie Kennedy has six points and Melissa McQueen has two points with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Melissa about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Melissa and Jamie will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, I'm Aneke. And I'm James. And together, we are the self-proclaimed wonder twins of podcasting and host Minority Corner. We tackle subjects like LGBTQ topics, pop culture, and untold histories of American POCs, like the true story of escaped slave turned pirate turned Navy man in the Civil War turned congressman Robert Smalls. Plus current events from our perspective. Deep dive movie and TV reviews. You'll also get awesome book recommendations from their neighborhood-friendly librarian. Don't forget my award-winning Jennifer Hudson impressions. And I'm telling you. While never taking ourselves too seriously. Minority Corner. Because together. We're the majority. Every Friday here on Maximum Maximum Fun. Fun. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Melissa McQueen with two points and Jamie Kennedy with six points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Melissa McQueen, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about lyrics from Hollow Notes' album Rock and Soul Part 1, the movie The Royal Tenenbaums, and the Pizzagate Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is going to kill me. I was like, don't worry. I told them that we knew stuff about conspiracy because they're never going to ask us that. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I don't know anything about the Pizzagate Conspiracy, and now I'm terrified. Well, before we get to that, let's uh, find out a little bit more about each of those interests. You did say you know a lot about uh, the lyrics from Hollow Notes' album Rock and Soul Part 1. Tell us well, about that. So here's the thing. I have the LP... 
and I'm a big fan, and I go to their concerts, and uh, I grew up in a weird religious family, and so I wasn't allowed to listen to a lot of music, but somehow Hall & Oates kind of, I was Ooh. able to listen to them. They're wholesome. Yeah, they are wholesome. Yeah. I mean, Wait, they, are... say, they say the B word in Rich Girl. Oh, oh. right. And also people, yeah, and also someone's kiss is on their list. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wait, but are the yeah. are the rest of the lyrics pretty much wholesome? Yeah, they're, they're really? just awesome, and you you cannot not be in a good mood when you listen to it. And what is it yeah. about the lyrics specifically that you uh, like or know so much about? I, okay, this is what I'm actually kind of nervous about. Is I go to their concerts, and I'm like, I know all the songs, I got this. And then you know, I used to host karaoke, of I course. would sing it, and now I'm kind of worried that maybe I don't know it as well as I do. Well, let's talk about your love before we talk about your worry. I just, I just love them. They're just <laughs> okay, very they're good. just amazing. And they're, what is it about that album and the part one of Rock and Soul that appeals to you? I guess because you? that one meant a lot to me, and I've listened to it more than any other like record or album CD, and it's a lot of number one hits. All right, terrific. I, yeah, it was just the time of my life when it came into my life, so I like it. Excellent. All right, you also said you know a lot about the movie The Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, uh, I should have rewatched it. I do like it, and I, 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 it came out like 2001, I think, and um, I remember I was like very young, and this is going to make me sound like a dingbat, but I remember it was the first time that I thought, oh, director's are storytellers. I always kind of, I don't know, I don't know what I thought like actors were making it happen, but I went and I saw it three times in the theater and it, I just think that Wes Anderson like just built such an amazing world and the characters were so over the top but somehow he made that work and that just like fascinated me. And there's like, like, you know, themes about family that I could relate to and I just like it. And finally, you did say that you know a lot about the Pizzagate conspiracy. <laughs> Now, for those who don't know, explain briefly what it is. It's a little, it's not the most pleasant topic. I, I don't know. Someone got their email leaked and that there's like a conspiracy that people are getting molested in a pizza basement. So Yeah. And unlike MKUltra, there's absolutely no truth to this one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we talk about this and Jamie said it. And so he was like saying how it's I like. I didn't say it's, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to kill me because it's like WWE for us. Like, oh, have you heard of this one? Yeah. And we talk about it on the road and it's just like funny. And it, the way you think of jokes is is the way you kind of be like, what else, what else? Maybe this could be the same part of your brain that makes a joke could possibly be a conspiracy. So I just think it's fascinating. Yeah. All right, so to summarize, you said you know a lot about the lyrics from Hollow Notes' album Rock and Soul Part 1, the movie The Royal Tenenbaums, and the Pizzagate Conspiracy. Uh -huh. Today we want to quiz you about the Royal Tenenbaums. No! No, you want, you, would you rather Pizzagate? Yes, no. I thought I totally thought it was going to be Hall & Oates. <laughs> well, if you'd like to give us all of the lyrics to Hall & Oates songs on that album right now quickly, you can. I probably could. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about the Royal Tender Ones. When was okay. the last time you've seen it? Seven years ago. Oh, okay. Well, this will be fun. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite scene or a line from the movie? Yeah, I think, I think when... Uh, Royal Tenenbaum says, introduces Gwyneth Paltrow's character as my adoptive daughter. I think that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that appeals to you. Just, yeah, yeah, I All liked right. it. I liked Great. it. Great. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a modified expert in this topic okay. to test your mastery in the subject with an expert level question. Before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are your five trivia questions okay. about the topic, each worth one point. Uh, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Okay. Now, Jamie, do listen closely because if Melissa gets any of them wrong, you can steal. By the way, Jamie, how much do you know about the Royal Tenenbaums? Not much. But I love the movie. <laughs> okay, that, that counts. Yeah. That could help. Yeah. All right, here we go. Question number one about the Royal Tenenbaums for okay. Melissa McQueen. Okay. The movie is called The Royal Tenenbaums, but some people call it The Royal Tenenbaums, and some people call it The Berenstain Tenenbaums. <laughs> what is the proper spelling of Tenenbaum? Oh, my God. Okay. T-E-N-E-N-B-A-U-M. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. I thought you were going to ask for a definition or to use it in oh, a yeah, sentence. Oh, no, I did <laughs> that feel was adorable. Like... Uh, great. You're one for one. Here is question number two. The movie received only one Oscar nomination, shared by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson. What was the category? Uh, best Original Screenplay. Helen? That is correct. That is exactly right. Uh, Wes Anderson, by the way, was nominated in this category another two times, each time with a different collaborator. The Royal Tannenbaums lost the Oscar to Gosford Park. Oh. Uh, your two for two. Here's question number three. Richie, played by Luke Wilson, had a falcon that he set free and came back. What was the name of that bird? Oh, I don't know. I remember the dog was like Buckley, but the falcon, let's say Lucy. You do have a hint if you'd like oh, to Oh, yeah. What's hint. my hint? Helen, how about that first hint? The most famous person with this name was probably a Hall of Fame baseball player known as Three Finger Brown. Willie. Was it Willie, Helen? It was not Willie. No, Jamie with a chance to steal. Uh, 
Jeffrey. Was it Jeffrey? It was not Jeffrey. No, I'm terribly sorry. It's Mordecai. 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 Oh, I Three should have known that. That sounds. It funny. was written on his little helmet. Dang it! And I love the movie. I, I, I was, I just flew back from a wedding, from Atlantic what? City. I've been busy. What does that have to do? I've seen the movie tons of times. All right. Okay. Well, let's see if you can bounce back with okay, question number here four. Go, here we go. Royal Tenenbaum lived and then worked in the fictional Lindbergh Palace. At what real life New York City hotel were the Lindbergh's exterior and lobby scenes filmed? The hotel, Harlem? The Harlem. You do have another hint available if you'd like to use it. Okay, yeah, give me the hint. Helen, how about that second hint? It has a salad named after it. Oh, the Waldorf. Uh, More information, please? You know, just the Waldorf. Helen, is it just the Waldorf? It is not no, just No, I'm the terribly Waldorf. sorry, Jamie, the it? chance to steal. Waldorf Astoria. Oh, he's not done. He's still, he's still giving the answer. You're a rich girl. <laughs> but you've gone too far because you know it don't matter anyway. That's right. You can rely on the... Okay. The Waldorf Astoria was used for the lobby scenes and the exterior. Fun fact, the Waldorf Astoria used to be two different hotels, the Waldorf and the Astoria. <sighs> so I got a point. You did? You did get a you point did. on the steal. Very yeah. good steal, Jamie. Question number five. Director Wes Anderson said that Bill Murray's character of Raleigh St. Clair is based on a famous real-life doctor. Who? And not Doctor Who, but who is the doctor? He was a neurosurgeon, and he had that Dudley guy that he was doing experiments right. on. He was based on, oh, my God, a famous scientist, you said? A famous doctor. A famous doctor. A famous real-life doctor. Uh, who's like a weird eccentric doctor? Uh, I don't know, Doctor Kevorkian. Was it Doctor Kevorkian? <laughs> it was not. He Dr. certainly Kevorkian. was eccentric, but I'm certainly sorry that's not correct. Jamie with another chance to I'm steal. Bombing. I have no idea, but oh yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Is it? I have no idea, Helen. It is not. No, I I'm no terribly idea. sorry. It's Oliver Sacks. Oliver Sacks, oh. the famous doctor. <laughs> I think if you had had a hint left, it might have uh, helped. He was the author of Awakenings and the man who mistook his wife for a hat. Still, you got a couple in that round, and now. He here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Ooh. Ooh, that one grew. Uh, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Melissa, Ben Stiller plays Chaz, a curly-haired guy who wears Adidas tracksuits who has two curly-haired kids who wear Adidas tracksuits. For up to three points, what are the character names of those two kids and name one of the actors who played them? I know one of the kids is Ari. Okay. The other one is Uzi. All right. And the kid that played it, Ari Goldstein. Ari Goldstein played one of them, of Ari and Uzi. Yep. Uh, That's why they cast him. <laughs> That's why they cast him. They, they, didn't, they didn't have to change the name on yep. the uh, chair or yep. anything like yep. that. Great. Uh, all right, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an actor who has appeared on Broadway, on television, and in many movies, including as one of Ben Stiller's kids. No! Royal Tenenbaums, it's Grant Rosenmeyer. Grant Rosenmeyer. Come on up here, Grant. Awesome. That's so awesome. Oh, my God, I totally picture you as a kid, too. That's so great. You know, Ari Goldstein's pretty close. (laughs) It is close. Uh, Helen mentioned in the intro that you have been on Broadway. When did you make your Broadway debut? Is that my trivia question? No, no, you don't remember. Uh, 2000. And how old were you at that time? I was eight. That's the point I was trying to get yeah. to. You. Eight years old. I was eight years old. Debut. Yeah. Yes. And what was that show? Uh, that was Macbeth with, um, <laughs> with Kelsey Grammer and um, Diane Venora. And it ran for three weeks. Oh. It was really bad. What? It was really, really bad. What, what, what and did you know that at the time when you were eight? Everybody knew it, but we were having fun. You know? Yeah. It was Frasier Crane as, uh, as Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> what could be better? <laughs> hey, how you get that role at eight? Man, you're a baller. I was doing Shakespeare at eight. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. He was, they were so cute. <laughs> you were eight. so cute. Well, you know what it was? I think there weren't a whole lot of kids at that time who could remember Shakespeare. Whereas now, yeah. it's all, all the kids are doing it. I know. <laughs> now it's like, you haven't been to Rada? Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact, I did two Broadway shows. I did yep. that and Les Mis, and I got killed in both. Whoa. It was awesome. Uh, what, what's it like for a kid to confront mortality at that age on every night on Broadway? It's the best. I mean, you know, yeah. My, my favorite is when everybody goes, <gasps> and then everybody's real sad that you died. Yeah. You know? 
Les Mis was the best because I had this, um, because uh, I get shot like three times. <gasps> Did you get to have like the blood pellets explode? I didn't have the blood pellets. Oh, man. That came later. Uh, <laughs> uh, Grant, people also might remember you from uh, a TV show called Oliver Bean, where you played Oliver Bean. Yeah. Do they remember that? I, don't I think know. a couple of them do. <laughs> Wait, well, can I ask, was that WB? That was um, Fox. That was Fox. And it Jeez. was at one time, it was one of Fox's highest rated comedies. What was it like to be on a, on a hit TV show at that time? And you were still a kid. If I'm I was thinking, a l- yeah, I was like 11. A, right? Yeah, when I remember the first episode came out when I was in sixth grade, and it was a Sunday night. I remember it premiered on a Sunday night. We were right between um, The Simpsons and Malcolm in the Middle. And the next morning after the premiere, I had to go to school. Um, and my homeroom, uh, my homeroom mobbed me. Actually, all of the kids in school mobbed me. They had to send me to the principal's office because it was just creating too much of a commotion. Was so, that fun or not fun? No, it was so scary. Have you ever had like a bunch of kids coming at you? I was like 4'11". Oh. <laughs> and what did they want? Like, oh, they, wanted a- they wanted my autograph. People used to want autographs. Now they want selfies. I sound so old. No, awesome. uh, another- Those were the days. Those were- <laughs> you're, still doing, you're still doing a lot of great stuff. Yes. Uh, I recently saw you on a, one of my favorite shows. You, you were uh, recurring on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. And you got to be on the finale. I yeah. What was the finale like? Uh, I mean, the finale, I mean, I, I didn't have any lines or anything. They just called, I mean, I was in three episodes and then um, Rachel Bloom asked me back. She told me about this episode that she had this idea for way back when. And, and Do you she, get killed? I can't say. <laughs> see, it's still, you know, the, the statute of limitations for spoilers on that. It just happened. You got to give it a second. I die so beautifully. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so she just like asked me back. I just kind of wave. <laughs> you know, well, really it's, it's the scene where she brings wave. back all these people that yeah, she, she brings dated back. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and you were one of those. That's yeah, really I was one of the people. It's like uh, one of the people that she might end up with in the future. Uh, now, speaking of acting, and you also are uh, have produced a movie that premiered at uh, South by Southwest, and you were actually on your way somewhere very special with it uh, after the show. I'm going to Cannes. Yeah! yeah! Yeah, awesome. thank you. Well, yeah. Totally, dude. Uh, it's called Come As You Are. It's a really special film. It's a remake of a wonderful Belgian film called Hasta La Vista, which itself is inspired by the true story of three young men with disabilities who go on a road trip to a brothel uh, in another country that caters to people with special needs <gasps> so they can lose their virginity and experience independence. And it's like it's part like raunchy hangover style comedy, and then the other part of it is this really sincere, poignant uh, story about a really interesting subject that often goes yeah. overlooked. And so it was my passion project for like six years. And That's the fact awesome. that I got to make it was wow. kind of nuts. Awesome. So. Well, we hope by the time this uh, this episode drops that, uh, that it will have, it been will have made $100 million. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure. A fierce bidding war. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk awesome. about the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, how did you get that role? And what do you remember about the audition process? I remember that I was doing Les Miserables at the time. And uh, I wasn't supposed to be auditioning for other things. And um, it was really quick and easy, actually. It was just two auditions. I, again, I think at the time I could I could remember lines, so the, just kind of <laughs> the pool was not that big. Um, yeah. But uh, no, it was like uh, it, that was a very sought after project, and I, I don't think I understood um, the magnitude of what a genius Wes was at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've since come to realize like well, how is he as a director and especially director the kids? nicest guy. He's the nicest guy, and one of my best friends in the world is actually Lobby Boy from uh, Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel, <laughs> and so we just bond over you know Wes. And he's he's amazing. Uh, there's a great montage that you're doing the movie with Gene Hackman, where you're doing a bunch of crazy activities. Oh, yeah. Did you actually get to do those? I actually got to do those, and one of uh, one of the really famous ones. I don't know. You might remember this. Um, <laughs> the go karts. He says with shade. So the go. <laughs> I mean, it's just the Ari Goldstein thing. It really got to me. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, the when we're crossing the street, when we're running across the yeah. street, what happened was originally in the final film. Gene is closest to traffic, and then it's the older kid and then me. But originally, they were going to have Gene in the middle with two kids on either side. And Gene saw the look on my mother's face when the stunt coordinators were going over this shot. Um, and uh, Gene said, no way, I'm going to be the closest to traffic. <gasps> and uh, on take two, Gene got hit by a car. <gasps> no! Oh my God. And that could have been you. That, that would have been me. I would have been dead. He saved you. Gene Hackman wow. saved my life. Wow, what a great story. That yeah. is crazy. 
I I didn't work with him like him, but I did a scene in Enemy of the State with Gene Hackman. I love. Okay, wait, let's talk about Gene. I, his hands are huge. He's so big. He's got a huge, just a big dude. He's got a huge head. Yeah. And so like and I would nose. Yeah, he's got a huge nose, and he's just a a, a thick human being, yeah. and he's the toughest and the most generous, sweetest guy. Yeah. So I'm not surprised at that at all. Yeah. Well, I could listen to you two talk about how wow. large Gene Hackman's extremities are all day. <laughs> right, right. Jamie and I are going to start our own wow. podcast. Talking about I, think I think we would listen. I think we would listen to that. I was, I was like, yeah. I'm, I, I, now I need to see Gene Hackman. I hands. have to know what his toes are like. Uh, but let's get to the, the reason. The toes are small. It's the hands. What? It's the hands. I thought we were going to have to wait till episode 20 of the podcast to find that out. Uh, all right, Grant, this is all very, very interesting. But let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Melissa. First, we wanted to know what were the name of the two children of Ben Stiller's character in the World Tenant Moms. What was the first name that Melissa gave us, Helen? Melissa said Ari. And uh, Grant Rosenmeyer? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. That's a point for Melissa. <laughs> and what was the other name that Melissa said was one of the kids' characters' names? Melissa said Uzi. And Grant? That sounds right. That is correct as well. That's another point for Melissa. And I know this is going to be triggering for you, but Helen, <laughs> who, did, who did Melissa say was one of the actors who played Ari or Uzi? Melissa said Ari Goldstein. Which is correct. He played Uzi. No, what? I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no. no. Was like, for real? <laughs> no, 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 no. Is that correct? Uh, that, that is not no, correct. No, who did play Ari? Um, I did. Grant Rosenmeyer. That was Grant Rosenmeyer. Yeah. And who played Uzi? Jonah Meyerson. Jonah Meyerson. I think he's doing great. He went to, um, I think he went to Princeton. No, Penn. He went to, oh, that would be bad. Um, he went to uh, UPenn, and uh, I think he's working for Colbert now. Oh, that's terrific. Nice. All right. Uh, if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they find that? The internet. Um, <laughs> I guess, I, well, I don't really believe in Twitter, but I'm at Grant Rosenmeyer, and then uh, I love Instagram, and it's also at Grant Rosenmeyer. It's wonderful to talk with you and have you join us. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you for Grant having Rosenmeyer, me. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And Melissa, no hard feelings. No hard feelings I at all. I get a selfie later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Helen, let's get a score recap as we head into the final round. At the end of that round, Jamie Kennedy has seven points, and Melissa McQueen has six points. And now it is time for a final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Melissa and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Melissa, the Los Angeles Dodgers play in Dodger Stadium. True. Correct. Jamie, the New York Yankees play in Yankee Stadium. True. Correct. Melissa, the San Francisco Giants play in Giant Stadium. False. Correct. That's right. They play in Oracle Park, which was AT&T Park, which was SBC Park, which was Pacific Bell Park. Jamie, there are two Major League Baseball stadiums named after brands of orange juice. Yes. True. Correct. Melissa, both of those stadiums are in Florida. True. Incorrect. Jamie, one of those stadiums is in Texas. True. Correct. Melissa, the other stadium is also in Texas. False. Correct. That's right. It's Minute Maid Park, which is in Houston, and Tropicana Field in Tampa, Florida. Jamie, there's a baseball stadium called Great American Ballpark. True. Correct. That's right. It's home of the Cincinnati Reds. Melissa, Great American Ballpark was named after a grocery store chain. True. Incorrect. Oh. Jamie, Great American Ballpark was named after an insurance company. True. Correct. Great American Insurance. And finally, Melissa, Great American Ballpark used to be called Mediocre American Ballpark. <laughs> False. We're not counting that one. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests, oh. Jamie Kennedy and Melissa McQueen, as Helen tabulates the final score. I got all of them right. Helen, are you ready to announce a winner on tonight's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Melissa McQueen has nine points, and Jamie Kennedy has 12 points. Whoa. Congratulations, Jamie Kennedy. You are the facting champion. I believe you got all of the true or false round correct. Jamie, what will you do with your championship? <laughs> I'm going to get rid of my mind control. <laughs> That's a good use of it. All right, well, that just leaves us to uh, let our guests promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Melissa, what do you want people to know? Where can they find Please you? Please check out my movie that I'm making, uh, The Dreams in Gary's Basement, on Kickstarter. Find me on Instagram at Melissa McQueen Comedy. Very good, Melissa McQueen. Thanks so much yeah. for joining us, my friend. Jamie Kennedy, what about you? Uh, check out Ad Astra with BP920. Um, I got a new special I shot called Can I Say That? Look for on one of the top three platforms. And I'm at Jamie Kennedy on Twitter, the Jamie Kennedy on Instagram, and Jamie Kennedy Facebook. It's Jamie Kennedy. Wonderful to have you join us. Thank you again so much. You lucky, lucky people, your co-host is Ms. Helen Hong. Woo! 
What do you, you have going on, my friend? You can find my stand-up schedule at HelenHong.com. You can find, follow me on the socials at FunnyHelenHong. Because that other biatch named Helen Hong has my handle. But you're the funny one. You're what funny, Helen Hong. That happened to you, Melissa McQueen? Yes, someone took mine. Ugh. And a chef took mine. Oh. Nobody wanted mine. <laughs> uh, and me, you can find me on the socials. Uh, I'm at J underscore Keith on Twitter and jkeith.net, all spelled out on Instagram. That just leaves me to thank Melissa McQueen, Jamie Kennedy, Brian Dunning, Grant Rosenmeyer, and Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like Major Havoc did. He said, full disclosure, I was an expert on the episode with Will and Ann Wheaton. Still, I listen now and love the show. Thanks, Major Havoc, a.k.a. Owen Rubin, who you can hear on episode 25. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Beth Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Alyssa Mai, Ross Blotcher, and Carrie Poppy of the Max Fun Podcast. Oh no, Ross and Carrie. Spencer Marks, Corey Thompson at Tact Media, Ryan Posner, Will Moronic, Cody Lawrence, Clint Tauscher, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong. Hey, it's Jay Keith again. Just another reminder, we're coming to Chicago on August 9th and 10th, and we'd love to see you at our live shows. Go to GoFactorPod.com for tickets. And make sure to tune into the next episode of Go Fact Yourself with special guest Jim Beaver. You've seen him on so many shows You've on television. You've been on so many shows that like, you're one of those people that I'm like, I know I know you, but how? I decided that if I ever write an autobiography, it's going to be called... How do they know who I am? <laughs> I thought you did write an autobiography. Sequel, man. Oh, the sequel, okay. <laughs> and Erica Rhodes. Later in the show, I was like, does anyone have ideas for my album name? And someone in the crowd was like, Sad Lemon. <laughs> and I was like, I really like that, actually. And everyone's always trying to make lemons happy, like make lemonade out of lemons. And I'm like, yeah. just let the lemon be sad. <laughs> That's Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday here at Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.